This episode is brought to you by Casper Mattresses. Go to caspertrial.com slash laser time to get $50 towards any new mattress. Cough, cough, I swear I wasn't bitten. Hi, I'm Chris Antista. Welcome to Laser Time, the internet's second lead, I'm going to say second leading pop culture show, because sure. I have faith in this one, because I didn't do much to help prepare it. Uh, this is the internet's second leading pop culture show. We pick a new topic every week, and this week we will be talking about plague movies, a small subgenre of both horror and what would you call it? So- thriller. Thriller. Society-based shit. Yeah. Uh, a lot of sci-fi. Mm-hmm. Bends around diseases. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm one of your hosts, Chris Antista. Who else is with me? Uh, did you disinfect this micro- microphone? No. <laughs> All right, this is Sam. Hi. <laughs> no, I did. I disinfected it with E1101. That's <laughs> The English class everyone takes as a freshman? <laughs> No, that that is the uh, the cure in outbreak. Gotcha. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I don't know why I still remember that. Oh, <laughs> don your hazmat suit because it's, it's me, Sarah. <laughs> but uh, plague movies. Yeah. I don't know how you want to start this because I have a lot of questions. Okay. About plague movies. This is Sam and I for like as long as we've been together have shared a love of these sorts of movies mm-hmm. and we came to them independently basically but it's I think we were talking before I think it's my favorite sub-genre yeah. like a micro-genre of like yeah they make, they don't make one every year they make one like every five years yeah they're not very off few and far between they are a few and far between and that bears out in my research because the ones that I found are mm-hmm. ones that we love and we watch over and over again. And that's kind of why I want to do this episode, too, because I want to open it up to the community. Tell me your favorite plague. Yeah. Because, you know, I've taken epidemiology classes. It's definitely like a a personal interest of mine and the CDC and all, how it all works. And mm-hmm. so I love these kinds of movies. I always thought CDC, like spelled S-E-E-D-Y-C, would be a great rap name. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. CDC. But yeah, the uh, whole plague genre is always kind of interesting because it can technically be attached to the zombie genre. Yeah, But exactly. that's so much larger or than like, the plague genre. When you brought one of these up, it's like, this is like 13 days, but about a disease. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like it's, uh, it's yeah. the government talking about how do we deal with this epidemic? Yeah, and, and I no found... One, no one's getting shot in the face or anything like that. No one's getting quarantined. It's just, what do you do? And mm-hmm. I, I do like zombie films, mm-hmm. and I find, though, that I'm often left wondering in a lot of those films, like, well, what's the government response? Like, that's mm-hmm. the part that I'm always the most interested in. Like, how did the government mobilize? How did communities mobilize for these sorts of situations? And so that's why I like these movies so much, especially the ones I'm going to highlight, because it really shows you, like, here's what infrastructure is like when you have to attack this sort of situation. Right. And sometimes it goes very well and sometimes it goes very poorly. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So I pulled um, some movies. So at least several of these movies, Sam and I watch like a couple times a year. And one of them is like on my top five favorite movies list. But I think the one that we watch the most that probably most people have seen is Outbreak. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of the one everyone thinks about when they think about like some sort of I'm Talking to the pilots illness. and the bomber. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Don't drop the pay- I can't remember. I just remember that line. Yeah. Uh, and I adored this movie back in the 90s when it came out. As I've watched it, as I got uh, older, it is a little bit campier than I remembered mm-hmm. and gets mm-hmm. a little bit campier each year. Whereas Dustin Hoffman, I feel like 
post seventies Dustin Hoffman kind of gets on my nerves a little bit when he does his Dustin Hoffman think like, mm-hmm. who am I talking to, Billy? Who am I talking to? Who am I talking to? Who? You know, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, that, that whole thing that he does. I think, right. I think it's been just, years since most young people have seen Dustin Hoffman. Like, cause I haven't seen yes. him fucking eons. It's been He's, a while. I mean, the last time I heard him, he was being shamed by John Oliver for. Uh, Ill seventies behavior, let's yeah. say. Oh, really? Yeah. Like what? Uh, oh, you mean in his like harassment? Kind of yeah, crabby, being grabby. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I mean, I think we're all pretty familiar with it. But let's play a little bit of the trailer. In a remote African jungle, a small monkey is captured, bound for a pet store in America. The animal carries a deadly virus. Ah, Now, I know that some of us have doubts about what we're about to do. We'd be less than human if we didn't. But the fate of the nation, perhaps the world, is in our hands. We cannot, we dare not refuse this burden. I'm confident that each of you will do his duty. God forgive us. (laughs) (laughs) See, that's what what I remember liking about this movie. It was a bunch of actors I liked before they were top build stars yeah some of them we could do without like yeah Kevin spacey yeah but like uh i was oh a... when i read you the list mm-hmm. it's dustin hoffman renee yeah. russo looking at her most luminous she's amazing she's always been a luminous grandma I that's how i her. describe her um, classic look to that face obviously we all heard morgan freeman <laughs> right. yes yes we, <laughs> we gotta, did we're gonna also, win the fight against this virus mr wayne also, <laughs> Cuba you got diseases Jr. don't you monkey <laughs> 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 Sorry. Watching 3020. Oh, <laughs> Thank God you watched uh, Lean on Me recently. Oh, I was worried you wouldn't get that there's joke two, and you got it better than I did. two people in the room who got that joke and nobody else. You smoke crack, monkey. <laughs> you do, don't you? <laughs> it's my favorite line in that movie, yet the stupidest scene in it. Yeah. The stupidest so scene. Dumb. I don't think that he does. I think that's a young child actor who yeah. doesn't know what crack is and yeah. isn't acting like someone who smokes yeah. crack. And that's why it makes it so much believable when he's like, no. no he says yes. Oh, right. He, he does agrees say to yes. It. That's right. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Cuba Gooding Jr., uh, mm-hmm. Very young Cuba. Yeah, pre-Oscar Cuba. Oh, yes, very mm-hmm. pre. Um, Kevin Spacey. And... With red hair, so he's, you know, he's kind of maligned. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Patrick Dempsey and Donald Sutherland. Donald Sutherland, yep. Introducing Donald Sutherland. I don't like Donald <laughs> Sutherland without facial hair, I have to say. Uh, I think it was. it could have been a little odd, but remember, like, when he was a big star, he never had facial hair. And I'd like to think he's in here for the connection from um, Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Maybe. Which is not a plague. Yeah. But no, that's true. sort of like a plague movie. Wait, well, oh, yeah, he was in that. Okay, I'm, I'm the, thinking I of think Puppet the, Masters, the, but you're right. The second he's Body Snatchers. He's in the best Snatchers. in, in yeah. Body Snatchers movie. Yeah. So anyways, so this movie is based on a book called Hot Zone, a nonfiction book mm-hmm. by Richard Preston. It came This book, this movie came out in 1995. And weirdly, like, or I don't know, maybe it was like at the same time on purpose, a real life Ebola crisis was also happening at the same time mm. in Africa. Um, so I think it was probably on a lot of people's minds when they saw it. But yeah, this one is very, it's like, the Armageddon type of like disaster movie, mm. really. Um, a monkey is in, has a disease. It gets poached and sold as an exotic pet and then brought mm-hmm. to a pet store. And the scene from the trailer that is very silly is that the pet store owner gets scratched by the monkey, gets sick, <laughs> falls over, and crashes over an entire bookcase of like, like fish tanks, fish yeah. tanks in, full in of water. In 1995, that was the biggest stunt we'd ever seen. Like yeah. six fish tanks ate it. Was it was like it was huge. Yeah, just kidding. Yeah. You definitely are 
in this movie kind of taking that Spielberg approach where there's just like constant like action that has to happen after mm-hmm. so many minutes. Despite mm-hmm. like a scenario that doesn't lend itself to a lot of action. Mm-hmm. Right. Because exactly. I remember there's like this huge effect sequence. I think it's where Kevin Spacey gets gets sick where there's a cough in a movie theater and we just follow around a particle of spittle like the feather from Forrest Gump <laughs> exactly. throughout this movie as yeah. it like comes into someone's laughing mouth it, to, right. to make this this scene, uh, the transition of a disease seems so much more extreme than it's supposed to be. Right, mm-hmm. and they do the same thing later on, I think, in the hospital traveling through like the air vents and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's definitely sensationalized a lot. These So it's kind the illness in the movie is not a real illness that exists, but it's kind of based on the Ebola virus which is not transmitted through air that way. It's transmitted usually through bodily fluids. Mm. Um, And the idea that that kind of hemorrhagic fever, which is what these kinds of diseases are. a new word for the show. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Yeah, well, I believe the the virus in the movie, they call it like, you know, Metaba, which, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. kind of lines up with basing it off of Ebola. But I don't think it begins as an airborne virus. No, it does not. It's a mutation. And I looked a little bit into like, some of the criticism of this movie, and one of them was that, you know, those kinds of viruses don't really um, mutate into a airborne illness like that. But it's not that fast. yeah. and and so the the movie, though, like does get one of the reasons I like it so much that we talked about before, it does get into like the government response, like yeah. quarantine a whole town, basically. People or get possibly sick, destroy a whole town, and then yes, the end. Like there comes a a question with the the government of like, do we vaporize this entire town to try to contain this extremely deadly, fast acting virus that also gives you a horrific death. Like, yeah, you yeah. know, there's at one point where Kevin Spacey is, spoiler alert, you guys, for a 1995 film, mm-hmm. um, is like crying tears of blood, basically. <laughs> like, it's a hemorrhagic... Most of you will enjoy it now. Yeah, this, these hemorrhagic illnesses are... You if you don't die, you wish you would. Like, mm. they are really, really I, I give rough. the government a little bit of credit just because I don't think they'd ever... Destroy, de- like decimate a whole town because like you know you didn't get the disease there. There's someone, pl- there's someone playing Call of Duty in the basement that you're gonna miss. Mm-hmm. Right, like this, is, this isn't gonna do anything. Mm-hmm. So I don't think I don't think we'll live in an era where that will ever be the solution. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Z- Somebody will slip over Farmer John's fence or whatever. Oh, and get out into oh the yeah. And God world. forbid, there's like the son of a rich judge with the outbreak monkey disease. You know he's getting saved, flown right. out of there mm-hmm. in a private plane. Mm-hmm. It's like that one guy that got cured of Ebola or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and. Uh, I, I love this just because personally, uh, we talk about this a lot on 302010. I didn't have HBO growing up, but mm-hmm. there was a couple years when I did because I didn't know the only way you could you could get HBO by removing the HBO proof filter that Comcast put on your oh, box. You okay. everybody automatically got HBO and they put something on your house That's that right. blocked HBO. Yeah. And if yeah. I just took that off, I got HBO. When we moved into an apartment complex, you just remove it. You give the whole apartment complex HBO and you'll <laughs> right. never be mm-hmm. caught. Uh, and, and this is the year, 96 being the year that like I got Because I watch this movie, I feel like every oh, single It is a day. big one of those HBO watch again and again ones and the for ter- sure. And the term outbreak monkey was shorthand for mm-hmm. a long time mm-hmm. for something with a lot of diseases. Like if you brought in a, I don't know, like if your shoes got really fucking dirty. Ugh, disease is the outbreak monkey over there. Like <laughs> That was it was shorthand. It really was. There's a, a ton, there's a ton Mary. of there's a ton of like stand up comedy that references the outbreak monkey. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And, uh, yeah. The hmm. funny thing about that too is that so the the monkey that is 
that monkey actor <gasps> who is the patient zero, I guess, from this film is the, is same, the same monkey. dog from Frasier. No, oh. <laughs> close. It's the same monkey from Friends, Marcel, Marcel? the monkey. Marcel. Oh, Marcel, and it actually pays off in a joke in Friends because <laughs> one of the monkey centric e- episodes from Friends, he uh, there is a poster in the background that says "Outbreak Two, like Marcel's Revenge. Oh, really? Yeah, in the that's, background of the episode. Cute. How cute is that? That's and cute. that same monkey has been vilified on Twitter for masturbating in front of her neighbor. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh yeah, we should probably cancel that monkey. <laughs> I, I wish, I wish I knew what a director says when that's happening. Everybody take five. Ooh, no, ten. Mm. Ten. It's really Looks going like a long it. jerk. Ooh, it's the really hand's going, going behind it. him now. That's oh, wait, wait. No, that's Kevin Spacey. Sorry, no. guys. <laughs> ah, there you go. Okay, everyone go to your trailers. <laughs> and with that, we'll go to a quick out break. <laughs> and we will be right back with more Plague Movies. Stay right there. On this week's Laser Time, we are talking all about plague movies. So, you know, if you're suffering from a disease, a biological terror attack, or even zombieism, you're going to want a really nice mattress to rest on. Yes, it's true. Joking, but most of you will spend more time on your mattress than you will on your couch or in your car. Why not get something comfy for yourself? That's where Casper comes in. And you listeners can save $50 on any new mattress by going to caspertrial.com slash laser time. Casper offers an outrageously comfy... Casper offers an outrageously comfy mattress that combines high-density memory and premium latex foam to create a sleep surface that contours to your body and keeps you cool and balanced throughout the night. Even better, Casper mattresses are almost a quarter of what mattresses will cost you in those big box stores, and they'll ship it to you for nothing. Having reservations? All good. Casper offers a 100-night risk-free trial. Sleep on it for 100 nights. Don't like it? Casper will send a courier to pick it up dispose of it and give you a complete refund as if it never even happened. Hey, maybe it's time to make an adult decision and get a new mattress. And Casper's got everything you need from twin to California king. Any size you need. And Laser Time listeners once again can save $50 towards any new Casper mattress at caspertrial.com slash laser time. Thank you, Casper. Is the world of today getting you down? Well, then why not check in on some of the good stuff that happened this week in movies, TV, games, and more 30, 20, and 10 years ago this very week with our show, 30, 20, 10. Here's a clip from 2009. Yeah, Tom Hardy's It's so good. I love watching him, Mm -hmm. and I, like, he's usually... If not the best thing in whatever he's in, the most interesting thing in whatever he's in, mm-hmm. because he makes some yeah. very interesting Sounds choices. Like someone rewatch Venom. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I forgot about Venom, but still. Can you tell me anything about your story. The fuck of your company is doing this thing. Flick toothpick out of my mouth. Like, what fucking decade are you in, Tom Hardy? Holy shit! Why are you talking like this? Where did you learn English like this? <laughs> Jump into the past with 302010 every Thursday on lasertimepodcast.com or iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Five, four, three, two, one. Would you like exclusive bonus podcast commentaries and more from the Laser Time crew? Then we strongly encourage you to support this show on patreon.com slash lasertime. It supports not only this show, but all the rest of the Laser Time Network. You'll get commentaries, play games with the hosts, see exclusive videos first, and receive an uncut weekly ad-free podcast bonus time. Speaking of which, here's a quick taste. I feel like a millennial 
but then I have vivid memories of rotary phones and black and white TVs, right. which feels bizarre to me. Yeah, I, I mean, depending on like which metric you use, I could either be Gen X or Millennial, right. but I always identify with Millennials because we, we, I don't define myself by hating other people's music and that, whatever else. That's true. Just kidding, we, just and kidding. We had uh, access to the internet maybe a little early thanks to our, some of our school programs yeah. and computers, so we were pretty quick to adopt those exactly. things. It's so weird to have memories that exist in black and white. You you color them in as time goes on. Right. But like, I don't think I've ever seen an episode of that show in color. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and like, I just saw so many shows like that. The first season of Friends I saw in black and white. So like, just fuck. I, I, I remember trying to do research, like what was the year and why was the last black and white TV produced? And I could never get to the bottom of it because they still sell new ones on Amazon. Get Bonus Time, a weekly uncensored and commercial-free podcast every Tuesday, starting for just $5 on Patreon.com slash LazerTime. Okay, this is not go a direction I was thinking. I was thinking it would go in plague movies, more mm-hmm. interesting, uh, m- more broad than I thought it would be. Mm-hmm. Because this is the most recent, the, the most recent non-zombie one that I can mm-hmm. think of. But did we want to have that discussion about zombie movies being plague movies? Well, I'd like to transition into that because it is a kind like that discussion is nuanced based on fun, the man. yeah, we talked about like this. the rules yeah. of zombies basically because every movie seems to have, and every TV show and mm-hmm. you know we talked about the Living Dead or the excuse me the Walking Dead and they all seem to have different rules right and so that was where I was when I was trying to do my mental math of well what's a zombie movie and what's an outbreak like a plague movie and where does that Venn diagram overlap. It, those it's are some strange. rules that need to like get hammered out. I because, think because uh, 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 the original Night of the Living Dead, Romero's mm-hmm. Night of the Living Dead, is not really a plague movie, but it's it is a good first act mm-hmm. of a plague movie where no one like the first ten minutes of Dawn, the Dawn of the Dead remake. Whereas Dawn of the Dead, mm-hmm. the original, is not a plague movie at all. It's but mm-hmm. it's 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 a society already succumbed to this thing, so there's not really the spread of a disease. It's mm-hmm. just like just stay inside. And then Day of the Dead. Is all about how the government is dealing with mm-hmm. coming back from the plague, right? Of, of zombie movies, but like I would call Dawn of the Dead, the original, not a plague movie in mm-hmm. any way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's people climbing out of their graves, and right? Yeah. So yeah, that would not be a plague movie, I would say. But in the, so the next movie, so I just we saw it in the theaters when it came out. Mm-hmm. Contagion is the next movie I want no, to but, talk but, about. But did we talk? Is Twenty Eight Days Later on here? Oh yes, we'll oh, talk okay. about that. Okay, okay. a little yeah. bit later. Yeah, Sorry, I didn't know you were. Done, but I think we could, you know, talk about the zombie overlap and still preserve enough to do a zombie episode later on. Sure. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, because yeah. yeah, it deserves its own episode for sure. I just love the overlap between the two yeah. of them. Yeah, and I don't because I don't think the, the Dawn of the Dead remake, for instance. Mm-hmm. The for the opening ten minutes, which is some of my favorite ten minutes in the history is of film. Is that the one with Ty Burrell? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but it's the one I with remember, uh, Sarah oh. Sarah Pauli, um, in the beginning for ten minutes, showing like the whole world succumbed to this thing, and then it just becomes a movie it's set in a chilling. mall. Chilling. I think about that opening it's awesome. actually a lot because it is one of the scariest things yeah. I've seen. I saw with that the one. little girl. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. it slams into the man comes to town with blood smearing all over the screen. I'm, it's great. Anyway, I saw that one in the theater, and I have not rewatched it in recent. It's years, really good. And I would love mm-hmm. to. It's James Gunn. Um, oh James yes, Gunn, that's right. Who, uh, yeah. Yes. He, yeah, we can still celebrate. <laughs> He's a great <laughs> fucking dude. Yeah. Uh, and it's a, you know, he wrote that movie. Zack Snyder directed it. Mm. And uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's what people long considered Dawn of the Dead the best Romero movie because mm-hmm. it's the one that's 
has no plague involvement. There's mm-hmm. no aspect of how how this. We all understand how this disease spreads itself. There's no hope of containment. So the government doesn't because step in. People just die and then they come back. Yeah, yeah. 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 Like we we all know what happens here. So right. it's like it's streamlined. Whereas Day of the Dead like goes out of its way to like no, here's an underground government facility. Mm-hmm. With a zombie bub, one of the greatest unsung characters in zombie history, how we deal with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and I love that movie. Mm-hmm. It's really good. So <laughs> this one is definitely not, and one of the more serious, one of the most respected um, outbreak type movies mm-hmm. is Contagion. It came out in 2011. We saw it in the theaters. It's directed by Steven Soderbergh. And one of the things I love most about this movie is that it is really well respected in the public health sphere because of the way it treats how the government would handle this sort of crisis. It's extremely realistic, which is slowly and not a lot of television speeches. Yes. Like, (laughs) but, and yet because it's Steven Soderbergh, I really love him as a director. He's very, it's very stylized and it, it's, isn't the opening that you just sort of sit in the people's lives as the disease transitions to, to new people. It opens on day two. Mm. So it like the person who is the patient zero is already infected and it shows how it goes from there. Let's play a little bit of the trailer. It is it's excellent. The average person touches their face three to five times every waking minute. In between, we're touching doorknobs, water fountains, and each other. Beth. No, no, I, I go up to your room, honey. So we have a virus with no treatment protocol and no vaccine at this time. Had a seizure this morning, Beth. Yeah, she had a history of seizures. No, no, no. Allergies. No. As of last night, there were 32 cases. Unfortunately, she did die. Right. Can I go talk to her? Mr. Amoff, your wife is dead. What are you talking about? What happened to her? What happened to her? <laughs> it's so good. It's it's chock block full of stars. You've got... <laughs> it's got Matt Damon looking like John Cena now. Yeah, this- <laughs> so we call him, like, in this form of Matt Damon, I like to call him Dad Damon, because he's, like, a little bit heavier. He mm-hmm. looks like your friend's dad, basically. Yeah, he's, he's got, like, close yeah. crappy haircut. haircut. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. No, he definitely went to, like, dad college for, yeah, like, a semester for sure. to prepare for the role or something. <laughs> Gwyneth Paltrow is also in it. Uh, she's patient zero. That pretty much is given away at mm-hmm. the beginning. Lord- Lawrence Fishburne. Drew Law, Marianne Cotillard, Elliot Gould, Brian Clant- Brian Cranston, Breaking Bad himself. Um, and it's, I rewatched it this morning actually mm-hmm. in preparation for this, even though I remembered it, this movie, like very vividly because I loved it so much. Yeah. And we saw it in the theater together yeah. when it came out. It's, it's crazy memorable because I, I don't even know that I saw the end, but like mm-hmm. this is, I've never seen this subject tackled like this before. Mm-hmm. I was so surprised that I forgot like 95% of this movie somehow. So it was a real pleasure for me to rewatch it because yeah. it was almost like watching it for the first time. This is a, his first, Steven Soderbergh's first, this is my last movie movie. Yes, exactly. <laughs> he did this, he's done that a couple times, mm-hmm. um, but it's definitely a very Steven Soderbergh movie. Like there are color filters on oh, every yeah. scene. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a lot of slow fun. scenes. Yeah, a lot mm-hmm. of slow scenes, but it still reads like a thriller and the soundtrack, the score to it is really helpful because mm-hmm. like you're watching scientists look in a microscope, but like the, the score is like a pulsing like EDM beat. So yeah. it's like, it's really showing like how exciting public health really is. <laughs> <laughs> but I really like Steven Soderbergh's style in like most of his catalog. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but this may actually be my favorite like non-zombie mm. outbreak style movie. Mm-hmm. It's very good. And mm-hmm. I can't believe how much of it I'd forgotten. I didn't know how much I'd love Soderbergh until he went away. Yeah. And yeah. then I, I saw Logan Lucky. I'm like, this is fun. And yeah. no one else would make a movie like at this pacing. This is really neat. He he did such a great job with this one. Um, it's extremely accurate, like mm-hmm. I said, with they consulted CDC officials and they consulted a lot of people who are big wigs in the epidemiology community, including this guy, Lawrence Brilliant, who has, I know... <laughs> who knew he'd go on the great thing? got, like, a <laughs> real crazy name, and he's got, like, a really crazy backstory. I kind of actually want to look more into it. He's written, like, a couple books, he and got he's that done name TED Talks. from his pimp period. <laughs> <laughs> but he's actually was really involved with the World Health Organization with eradicating smallpox mm. um, in, like, the 70s, late 70s. So, uh, but he was a consultant on this film, which makes it so accurate but I love it because it goes into exactly what it takes to find and test a vaccine for something that you've never seen before I remember how easy outbreak makes it seem right yeah so all we have to do is find the polar opposite of Mm -hmm. this disease and then reverse engineer it and like yeah "Yeah, that is what you do you just find the monkey extract some of its blood and then you can mass produce he's clearly immune to it so we'll make everyone else immune to it when you find his blood Mm -hmm. it's like not too different than how vampires work right (laughs) Right? yeah exactly Um, but it's it's, it shows how much more work goes into it is it it based on real diseases so it's kind of based on um, the SARS outbreak that occurred in 2003 and then also the you could have called like a new Toyota the SARS and I wouldn't even <laughs> yeah. remember the SARS outbreak. Right. I, I guess that does that does that it is that a testament really to how how, how good we are at dealing with diseases? I mean, I think we are pretty good at it mm-hmm. at this point, but I mean, it's still scary and SARS was tamped down pretty quickly, but still mm-hmm. lots of people were affected by it. Okay. Apologies to any SARS victims. And I think there. we're a little bit maybe removed from that idea because we live in a small town. I think mm-hmm. if you live in like a more densely packed society like one of Tokyo or New York or in San Francisco like, like that. The, they started adopting the masks mm-hmm. and I used to th- I Oh, I see them all the time <laughs> when I go to San Francisco. I do think certain levels of germophobia comes from obnoxious narcissism, mm-hmm. but like there was also I didn't until I went to Japan it wasn't like no, it's not because I think I'm so pure and I'm going to get disease from you mm-hmm. from you plebs like I am sick and I don't want to spread this disease so as a courtesy I'll wear a mask. And you don't see anybody in smaller towns doing no, that ever. Right, not ever. at all. Back to contagion, though. I think you were about to mention swine flu. Yeah, well. the the flu outbreak in two thousand nine, which I think was swine swine flu. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty yeah, sure I, because I happened to get the flu during the flu season of the swine flu year. I don't know if I actually got swine flu or mm-hmm. the regular flu or whatever. Uh, but getting the flu is one of the most worst. I mean, it's just a terrible experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think either of you have ever had no. it, have you? The real flu? The I've real flu. I've never had the real flu. You don't flu. think I've ever had the real flu? Uh, is that a compliment? I don't know. Have <laughs> I mean, you ever had it? Yeah, I think so. Oh. Like, I usually get something like that once a year, but then there's every once in a while where um, I get that like 105 degree fever where I'm two days just go missing because I'm in mm-hmm. a bed. Okay. I'm assuming that's what the, the flu is or no, just my I body it, fighting off another disease. Yeah, I mean, that could be any other virus. I mean, when you have the flu, you know it. Like, this is like one of the things that has been a source of frustration for me in recent mm. years, especially because um, I've, I've gotten the flu vaccine for as long as I can remember. I'm very vigilant about it. And Can't afford it. Patreon.com. <laughs> and when I talk to people who like have their misconceptions about the flu vaccine, oh, it makes you sick or, you know, I got the flu vaccine and then I got the flu. So it obviously doesn't work. The flu is None the of flu that vaccine. Is true. Right? <laughs> no, no, no. And I mean, I think 
probably most people know this, but just in case you don't, like the mm-hmm. flu vaccine is based on um, researchers who at the CDC and people who are in charge of these sorts of things look at other areas in the world mm-hmm. and try to predict what flu strains are probably going to be the ones Ooh. that make it here. And so they develop vaccines based off of that. Do they have colorful names like Hurricane Andrew? No, I yeah. wish. They're all like H1C7 <laughs> oh, or stuff like that. Right. So yeah, in like the Southern Hemisphere, when it's not flu season mm-hmm. here, it is flu season down there. And they right. can get a, a general idea of like what most likely to expect the following flu season here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so they yeah. use that to predict and and base vaccines off of that. And so sometimes they don't catch all the flu strains that are going to come here. So that's why sometimes people get the flu vaccine and then they still get the flu. Mm. Or the flu vaccine takes two weeks to take effect in your body, which is why earlier is better. And so sometimes people are already infected when they get the flu vaccine. So they think, oh, well, it must have given me the flu. But when you get the flu vaccine, you do not get any active flu virus culture. So, well, you heard wrong, brother. Um, don't trust vaccines ever, <laughs> ever. Another thing that's interesting that I did not know until somewhat recently is that they cultivate the flu vaccine in eggs. And so if you have an egg allergy, you cannot get a certain Fuck. kind of mm. flu vaccine. And so I do think that there they have developed plan. other kinds. I have but... a, when I'm president, mm-hmm. McDonald's shakes. Because <laughs> like no one wants a shot. But if you can chug a shamrock shape, come on, everybody would do that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, back to what There's you're no saying. No milk in there. No eggs. Back mm-hmm. to what you're saying about like having the flu. I had the bad luck of having it like multiple times in adulthood, and for me personally, there was always um, the one experience that I would always have, or like the same recurring fever dream four days mm-hmm. as I was suffering and could basically not get out of bed. What? And it's just like one of those things where you just feel like you're dying, and that's why. I think maybe you might have had another virus that took 48 hours. No, to I mean, I've had system. one where I'm like splayed out in bed and sweat like, ah, oh, yeah, I got a constant fever. Okay. I always yeah. think I have the flu because I always get strep. I used to get strep throat once a year mm-hmm. followed by a fever mm-hmm. or, or maybe in reverse order. But I thought that was the flu. Yeah. I mean, I, well, I can't, you know, it's diagnose hard. your I did, I did narrowly avoid, like I remember the swine flu thing and I, I narrowly avoided it by narrowly avoided. I'm exaggerating. Mm-hmm. But like cause essential oils. It was oh, <laughs> crystals. It was the first year of. Of uh, PAX, the PAX Expo oh, in Seattle, yeah. and a ton of the people who went there to cover those games mm-hmm. got there was a swine flu outbreak, mm. and it was just interesting because before when that happened, everybody's like making jokes about it and like, I got this, and then people came back like, yeah, I got swine flu, and that's it. And then like it became a lot less scary. Like, yeah, I got the swine flu. Yeah, yeah. Now, I got it, and I don't have it now, but I got it. When I got mm-hmm. it, I was like laid up in bed for maybe as much as four days. I don't recall exactly, but I do. The one thing I do remember from it was this horrible fever dream that I would have like multiple times throughout the day where I was like buried in rubble, <laughs> like surrounded by tentacles. And it was just like, it was just like the having this... Watchmen. <laughs> 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 but it was just like having the same nightmare over and over again. And it was just mm-hmm. like a horrible experience. Well, and, I, and ever since then, I've just get the goddamn vaccine. Well, and t- I, so I, if we want to talk a little bit about the flu season this year, like I just went on the CDC website to look at some statistics and they estimate that there have been between 22 million and 26 million flu illnesses this year in the United States. And between like somewhere around average of about 20,000 flu deaths. So I mean, this year, this year for the 2018, 2019, any other country that'd be unacceptable. I mean, (laughs) you know, and a lot of that is hard to quantify. And Mm. a lot of it is, you know, this guy got the flu and died in a plane accident. It's hard to say (laughs) like, you know, because flu illnesses sometimes are hard to test for 
or people show up and they have like weird symptoms. So it's kind of hard to say. So they don't have great exact numbers on it. But they, I mean, you know, as with always, it's always the very young and the very elderly who are susceptible to immunocompromised who are very susceptible to it. That's why every healthy person should get the flu vaccine mm. because herd immunity is a real thing. <laughs> yes. Yes, it is. <laughs> but yeah, to go back to contagion, like oh, yes. I, I just, the movie is so great at showing these scientists and like how they really are on the front lines and like, developing these vaccines as fast as they possibly can and the amount of work that goes into it. And then also it's, the government's like sometimes meddling in things that like makes it difficult um there's a great scene with elliot gould who plays a flu re- or a um, epidemiology researcher who is kind of being stopped from his research on this illness because his facility doesn't qualify as a facility that's like endorsed by the united states something like that yeah and to be clear he's in the private sector right yeah. in the private sector mm. exactly or you have a president who doesn't care about people getting sick in california perhaps it's never been more possible um <laughs> But it also goes a little bit into this idea. So Jude Law plays a character who is like a internet commentator, quote unquote, journalist. He who, sounds wonderful. Yeah, he kind of gets bought by the alternative medicine um, lobby and is like kind of putting forth this idea, that this like herb tincture can like keep you from getting ill. And it really influences a lot of people in yeah, the movie. It, it is so obviously like Alex Jones, but this was 2011, I so think, before we all knew who yeah, he was. Exactly. Yeah. This close to being off on the predictions yeah, where like exactly. now it's I love those anti-vactors and like well what do you propose nothing right. <laughs> I just saw the conspiracy yeah. like, like you don't want to there's no jewels or crystals or mm-hmm. natural healing herbs they want to promote it's just the absence of of vaccines is what they're trying to promote. Well, and it's the idea that these like pharmaceutical companies, which I am in no way endorsing pharmaceutical companies because they are rough in their own ways, but the fact that they are like they're trying to keep this medication secret because they get make money off of people getting putting sick. fluoride in your vaccine to control your mind. I have complicated feelings about it, but in this movie, the way it's portrayed with him, like promoting this alternative therapy, is it's super interesting. I just love how this how this film like totally explores all the different aspects of what this outbreak would look like. Right. And it only mm. takes place over the course of about 20 days. Well, I think they went out over 100 days by the end. By uh, the end, it like yeah. speeds up and it shows you because like, you know, they do eventually get to a place where the vaccine, hap- like they're able to have a vaccine that goes out to people. But then it shows how they disseminate it, which is also a whole nother logistical mm. nightmare because you can only make so much at a time. It's, it's fascinating. They're quarantining whole cities. People can't leave the state. It's fascinating. It's such a good thriller. It's, like it's, it's a yeah. medical thriller, and I love to, it. To think of the people who make vaccines mm-hmm. uh, are not unlike Rankin Bass, and that they're all working towards one season. <laughs> and, and so work, they work really hard all year round. And you only mm-hmm. notice you, you only notice they've done anything once a season. Oh shit, Rudolph's on again. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> Great, it's that time again. Yeah, this this just popped up in my lap. I have no idea. This took hundreds of people who knew what they were doing to get to me. Yeah. Right, yeah. but yeah, towards the end of the movie, I mean, they're having to dole out the vaccine on like a birthday lottery, mm-hmm. effectively. Kind of shit. how they do like. They did the draft basically. They would call out like, "If you're born on this birthday, show up, and you if you're get this poor. You, get... you got to show up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you have bone spurs, stay at home." <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, another chilling scene that I had forgotten, and when I watched it again, is that like towards the end, we're on our way to resolution. The CDC it shows like these researchers taking like this vial basically mm-hmm. of 
I can't remember the name of what they call the illness in Contagion, but they put it in this like cryogenic like freezer right next to like SARS and smallpox. And it kind of reminds me that like we, the, the United States, the CDC does have those illnesses like on lockdown in the CDC. Mm. And we know certainly of a couple other places in the world where those diseases are on lockdown under watch and key, hopefully secure. There are other places in the world where we think they might exist, but we don't know. And that is yeah. terrifying. But like a, a, what do you mean? Like a sample of the disease or? Yeah. Because I mean, you have to have it in order mm-hmm. to mobilize against it. Right. Um, so there, there is a reason why they, those diseases exist under lock and key. In Sounds places. like another conspiracy by the globalists who <laughs> want to steal the Batman merchandise. It's very oh scary. God. It's very scary. <laughs> Fucking wash your hands, people, and stop touching your face. That was like, that's one of my favorite scenes in it where Kate Winslet is saying like the average person touches their face three to five times a minute. Mm, yeah. And she this one lady's near the like, ingrown hairs like, yeah, like 2,000 times a day, 3,000 times a day. I've been yeah. using the same Mach 3 razor blade for three years. <laughs> and there's there's plenty like, of stuff to mess with on my face. There's a scene later on where she's like being trailed by her sister and she's like, Stop touching your face so much. <laughs> yeah. Like that sounds yeah. very mom like. It's it's pretty it's uh fantastic. Because man, the next thing I see in your list is it, it, it's just odd to think of this like a plague movie, but it what else could it be? It absolutely mm-hmm. is. What else could it be? Let's and see if any of you remember this from school. What else? Oh, no. Go ahead. Well, this is, I don't think you'd be able to recognize it from the clip. We couldn't find a trailer from it, yeah. but this is one of my top five favorite movies of all time. Mm. Sam and I watch it now, at least CDC once a year. Um, it's and the band played on. The CDC have found we have found that the hepatitis B test is 88% effective in identifying patients with this disease. Is the CDC seriously suggesting that the blood industry spent $100 million a year to use a test for the wrong disease because we've had a handful of our transfusion fatalities and eight dead hemophiliacs? How many dead hemophiliacs do you need? How many people have to die to make it cost efficient for you people to do something about it? A hundred? A thousand? Give us a number so we won't annoy you again until the amount of money you begin spending on lawsuits makes it more profitable for you to save people than to kill them. More? Yeah, so get him, Joker. Matthew Modine <laughs> is going hard. Uh, so this is and the band played on. Yeah, Whew. and I absolutely adore this movie. Uh, you know, I used to have HBO when I was younger, mm-hmm. and this is an HBO original property, so it would air all the time. Mm-hmm. And it was still at a time where you know, because I grew up in the '80s when people were like freaking out about AIDS mm-hmm. all the time, and mm-hmm. myself included. And this movie, like you know, right. came out at a it's, it's, very like formative time of my life, and it aired like a lot. And mm-hmm. I so I've seen it. We, were, like, we, had, we had to watch it in school. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it was it was. It's <sighs> a great film for to watch in school. Like I mean, it is. Yeah, it just, so informative. It t- it takes a little less time, and there's I I don't know. You could go dig into all this weird shit with the textbooks and industry, but they don't really want to talk to you about. They don't want to write in a book where AIDS comes from, well, and what it does. But they're happy to show you a movie. About it has it. a very fraught history. So, so as but as a result, all my memories of like where AIDS comes from comes from this film. Mm-hmm. Like and it's, interviewing the gay guy and like yeah, uh, yeah, yeah like the patient all that zero. Shit. Yeah. So <laughs> the the movie is based on the book and the band played on mm-hmm. uh, on. And the band played on Politics, People, and the AIDS Epidemic by Randy Schultz. Randy Schultz is a journalist, and mm-hmm. so it's a compilation of um, stories, almost like an oral history of the AIDS epidemic wow. from where it started. I'm actually reading it right now. It is 
a gigantic, like it's very dense, very thick, like nonfiction book, but it is riveting. So fucked up. And it's all based on, you know, everything is true. Everyone in the film is portraying a real person, Mm -hmm. and the film is stacked with uh, actors. It is. Yeah, let's see if you can find out the only reason this caught my eye. There's one single reason. Oh, I already know what it is. I already know what it is. I'm going to start naming off uh, actors. So, you know, Sam says he knows what it is. So, you say ding when you get to the one that. Yeah, the only reason I I knew this movie existed. Okay. Okay. I'm like 99% sure I know what it is. The main character is Matthew Modine, who plays a real guy, Don Francis, who is kind of the head of this like AIDS, HIV Mm -hmm. AIDS. Research. Don't waste it. Um, also, Alan Alda, Ian McKellen, Glenn Headley, Richard Major, Saul Rubinek, Lily Tomlin, Danelle Logue, Beatty Wong, Phil Collins, Steve Martin is Dang. in it. Damn, that was good. Yeah, yeah Phil Collins. Because Steve, it, like, I visualized it oh, immediately when your Steve lips Martin. started. Yeah, because because oh. like Steve Martin was in at that point the biggest comedy star in the world was in one movie a year, and mm-hmm. like for some reason this was one of them a very 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 tiny part. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I mean, I I think he like, plays the brother of an AIDS patient. A significant share of like Hollywood actors did like cameos mm-hmm. in yeah. this, and mm-hmm. I'm sure he was one of them because his part is like one scene. Yeah, the guy talking before Matthew Modine was a uh, the. The producer on True and True Romance, Saul Rubinett. Saul Rubinett. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. He's also in Frasier. He's de- plays Daphne's uh, paramour at one point. Mm. Um, but also, Phil Collins is like the cameo that I love does so much. Does he play much. the drums? Nope. He oh, plays man. a bathhouse owner. Yeah. Oh, really? Yes, he does. Very Phil Collinsy. Um, Richard Gere is also. I, does he in say, it. "I can feel the disease in the air tonight"? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. In a bathhouse. No. Um, no Angelica more. Houston, Richard Jenkins is in it. I mean, everybody is in this movie. Susie Kurtz, uh, it's phenomenal. It really goes through like how they were able to track down, you know, kind of what they call Patient Zero, who is a Mm -hmm. French flight attendant who was very uh, promiscuous and, you know, going through trying to track out. It kind of goes less into the... The sciencey, like looking into a microscope part mm-hmm. of this sort of thing, and more the epidemiology part of trying to track this outbreak by like finding the place, the places where these are the centers right. where now more people are spreading I out. I don't know like, if it was easier this. or harder that the guy they tracked it to was a guy who had unlimited flights all throughout the world. Yeah, exactly. And was hyper promiscuous. It was. It. I mean, it was a perfect storm of a really bad situation. Sure. And I'd be interested in knowing uh, when you finish the book if they did any kind of revision because I believe. Uh, the patient zero is um, Jason Agar, I think was his name. I believe it's contested that he was actually patient zero. Mm. It's sort of impossible, right? They just they don't they I don't mean, they don't do the whole guy fucked a monkey thing, which was the rumor when you were a little yeah, kid. Was, I mean, where AIDS yeah. came from, right? Mm. Yeah, I mean, there's that's not that's patient zero it. though. <laughs> it's what the globalists want you to think. I'm, I can't do it anymore. <laughs> yeah, it anymore. it's that cigarette eating voice is gonna blow you out. <laughs> Uh, but I do. I, I, I always like saying because um, I don't know. It's I, I. I don't think Laser Time would ever do a show on AIDS. But it is fascinating, given that I think at least Sam and I kind of grew up from the first time it's mentioned by the government to now, where you, I almost forget it exists. Yeah. Yeah. Because it used. I remember for people in town, it used to be a death sentence. I remember getting to San Francisco and a friend pointing out buildings like 
Dan, uh, yeah, he can't come out anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, Richard, he's yeah, he's he's, right. he's sick and like just po- in 06, like pointing out these people have AIDS and just mm-hmm. can't leave the house anymore. Mm-hmm. Right to, to, to today, to now, where you can like lower somebody's what do you call it viral count? Yes, um, to, to almost undetectable. And they've I think cured it twice with a bone marrow transplant. Mm-hmm. So I, I just say that to people um, cynical about government and conspiracies, and that that there aren't people working their ass off to come mm-hmm. up with solutions to diseases like this we didn't beat it but like we we went to something that was one of the most unfathomable diseases of my lifetime to something mm-hmm. to where like no one really thinks about it anymore because every day it felt like in the mid 80s oh yeah we had to be reminded that aids was the thing well mm-hmm. i actually think it was probably closer to the 90s probably, because yeah. you know it ronald reagan, ronald reagan. was <laughs> rightly you know has been rightly criticized for really dragging his feet on addressing this epidemic because it and mainly only you know affected gay men to recommend that show it behind called, the bastards he gets all those clips of the reagan's press dude mm-hmm. yes. and people asking questions about aids and they keep teasing him that he's gay why do you care so much about mm-hmm. this yeah. disease we well, refuse to acknowledge it was a yeah, reporter in the press corps yeah, yeah a conservative reporter yeah mm-hmm. and asking what are we doing about this why do you want to know so much very yeah. worried about getting the gay cancer yeah. <laughs> everybody's mm-hmm. scoring that man yep <laughs> yeah that is it, exactly how it yeah they down. actually have the audio clips from that it's, it's like, fucking nuts it's insane to listen to like mm-hmm. it, it it'll make you crazy um because it's just, but this is, they threw they they threw a whole generation away basically by not addressing mm-hmm. this, um, and we've we lost like a whole generation of like artists and you know progressive thinkers because of this illness that just was not addressed quickly enough because of the population it affected. Um, most acutely, mm-hmm. um, just the fact that it was called gay cancer for a long time. Mm-hmm. And because it also, though, too, was like a very hard disease to address because it shows up as other diseases. Right. Like these people, healthy young people, were being affected by diseases that only old people get and only old people succumb to. Right, pneumonia I mean, and shit. Yeah, pneumonia, toxoplasmosis, stuff yep, like that. Sarcosis. Get out of here, uh, kitty. Um, Kaposi sarcoma? Yeah. yeah. Wait, what? no, I'm not sure yeah, that's right. It's Kaposi sarcoma. Sarcoma. Not, sar- not, not sarcoma. Yeah. Pussy sarcoma sounds yeah. like a cowardly terrorist. No, no, no. Okay, let's say it right. <laughs> Carposi sarcoma. I'm not sure that's right, but <laughs> is it right? I think that's it. Okay. Um, but anyways, it's, it's basically a skin cancer. <laughs> mm-hmm. And like these men were being told that they, they would have these like lesions on them and they were being told by their doctors like, well, that's like a skin cancer, but it's relatively benign and it's really only found in Italian and oh! Jewish yeah. older men well, and they, they live with yeah. it forever and they're fine. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's basically like the equivalent of a liver spot. But these men were getting them in their like 30s, you know, mm, right. and it's like. This is not right. Something's weird is going on with these people's immune system. I remember when Tom Hanks got them in Philadelphia. Right, exactly. (laughs) And one of the things that is super interesting to me is how they tracked it and how they looked at it in the movie. And one of the models that they used for how it spread was feline leukemia. Hmm. They use that as a model for tracking because it it spreads so fast in such like a strange way with like, you know, groups of people kind of like colonies almost. And so and the band played on. I cannot recommend this movie enough is one of my top five favorite movies of all time. The acting is phenomenal. It is a fantastic movie. And um, back what you were saying before, uh, the clip that you showed is showing like the main character's agitation because at this point... uh, the virus has left what was predominantly the gay community and mm-hmm. gone into the rest of the United States through the blood supply. Mm-hmm. And what, right. what they're doing, you know, the blood companies are, they don't want to spend more money on tests because it's not 
you know, it, it affects profits. Yeah. yeah. And right. so, but it's also causing a massive outbreak in the country. Mm-hmm. Oh, and I have my own guilt. This is a dumb story. Mm. Uh, I got, I think my parents volunteered me for like an AIDS awareness test for children in the 80s mm-hmm. uh, to where I went off into the zone portable to be interrogated about what I think about the AIDS, uh, what the AIDS virus and the epidemic is about. Uh-huh. And like, how do you think it transfers? And I'm like, oh God, I'm not mentioning sex or gayness or nothing. <laughs> it's This is... On the in the recess yard, this would put a big target on me, so I'm just gonna say blood transfusion. I'm like mm-hmm. blood transfusion, I replied, <laughs> and they're like, "You think eight, so? You're saying the only way AIDS spreads is through blood transfusion?" Are they lawyers? And, and, <laughs> and they, but I remember he asked me over and over again, like, wow. "You think that's the only way it spreads?" I'm like, "Oh uh-huh, yeah, <clears throat> don't know of any other ways. None. Mm-hmm. Period." And I realized I fucked up this study <laughs> out of my own weird, like, shitty '80s homophobia, like, yeah. or whatever the fuck that was. It was mostly I didn't want to talk about sex with an adult that's like sure. eight years old. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I did know, but I, I lied about it, and I think I asked my friend, and he did too. Mm-hmm. So it just feels weird. During a very dire time, I fucked up. I fucked with some AIDS test. You made us all look more ignorant. I know, I know. Oh, thanks a lot, <laughs> I man. Know, I know. It's my fault. But I knew. I knew. Yeah. I knew Dr. Guy. Yeah. So this uh, this movie is a, uh, a good point to bring up a kind of interesting, very scary anecdote uh, for me and Sarah. And that was uh, probably like three years ago. Uh, so a little bit of a backstory is like I've been a blood donor since I was 18 years old. Uh, mm-hmm. It's always been something that I cared about and did pretty regularly until a few years ago. And got what, me to do it back like when we were teenagers. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think you have to be 18, but well, I guess, a, you know, 18 teenager. Mm-hmm. But um, we, Sarah and I were about to leave for the weekend to go to the beach. And I get this like thick letter from the, the uh, blood bank. It's, you know, normally it's just. A uh, light uh, piece of literature or something like that. Mm, only one. Steven Seagal can take you there. Yeah. <laughs> but this one was. <laughs> anyway, like I said, it was a scary story. But <laughs> so I open it, and, you know, before we leave for the trip, and it, you know, on the top is this form that says, like, you know, uh, there are some issues with your recent blood donation. Uh, we, uh, during like routine testing, we found the following results and it says like you know human immunodeficiency virus uh hiv1 positive human efficiency virus 2 negative human uh immunodeficiency you know hiv supplemental negative so, so you only have one strike man yeah yeah but it still says like positive next to the thing so of course like my heart like drops i'm like oh my god and I have hiv yeah exactly mm-hmm. and um it scared the living shit out of me obviously because i grew up in the 80s this is like you know even with the way uh, medical technology has come along, you know, whereas now, um, you know, you're not going to die from that if you get proper treatment. I immediately just, you know, go back to that time in my life and this is a death sentence. Yeah, mm-hmm. this is a biblical thing. I've been marked for death. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The angel mm-hmm. of death will be here tonight. Right. And this is from the blood bank along with a lot of supplemental literature about living with HIV and <laughs> yeah. um, how you get by. It, it, it's just my... So we had gone together to donate blood like a couple weeks prior. Like, right. Together. And that's what this was from. Yeah. yeah. So they, they flagged it, but like the, the whatever machine person flagged it and like, oh, this guy's HIV. Let's send him all the literature. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I will tell you that. Yeah. I'll tell Ooh. the whole story. But... Um, and my ex-wife was coming over in a bit to uh, pick up uh, my son, and uh, I just gave him this really... Well, I didn't say anything to anybody. I just uh, was waiting for him to get picked up, gave him like this really long hug, 
and sent him on his way. And then um, thinking back, like on my in my history, I'm like, well, I know uh, I have not had any other sexual partners, and I've never used like an IV drug before. So I just called Sarah and was like, um, Chris, like, put it, put, Chris, put it in your Coke over Christmas. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, it must have been a toilet seat. Yeah. Uh, so I called Sarah. I'm like, I just need you to come home. I can't really talk about why. Just come on home from work. Mm-hmm. And um, she did. And I was just like, hey, anything you want to tell me? Because I just got this fucking letter here. And I handed it to her. And you remember? Yeah. And I was just, I was reading. I was like, oh, my God. My stomach dropped, of course, immediately. And it's like... It's, it's just at the bottom, there was a number that was like, please call this number if you have any questions. So, of course, immediately that's what they do. Voicemail. Yeah. Just a voicemail <laughs> just number. Just a voicemail. So, so I leave. Yeah. This is Friday afternoon, by the oh, way, Oh, yeah, too. yeah. Mm-hmm. They let you know so, on a Friday, like when you're getting fired or something. You know? <laughs> I didn't get this letter. And we have been together for a while at this yeah. point, And I didn't get this letter. And so it's like, what is happening? And so I've actually spent some time volunteering for the uh, HIV AIDS organization here in town, Big Ben Cares. Mm -hmm. And so I knew that they did rapid test HIV testing, Mm -hmm. but only on certain days. So I called them. They really weren't available to us. My actual personal doc, like my primary care physician, actually also does HIV care as like one of her specialties. So I called that office. They, of course, can't get us in. We call Planned Parenthood. Like, Mm -hmm. can you please get us in? We're freaking out. And so Sam's going to dodge Republican rocks. we're (laughs) We're telling people like we're reading off this letter and they're like we really can't speak to what that letter is we don't know what that is like you can come in for a test but it'll take this long blah 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 but then i remember from my volunteering that you can buy rapid H- hiv tests in um drugstores that where you swab your gums and you put it in a solution and then it tells you and so government takes your dna we actually <laughs> we go to a couple places and we find a Actually, at Walmart, the last two H- rapid HIV tests, like on the shelf. Yeah, because we'd bought another one from like CVS, where it's like you open it up and it's just like, oh yeah, just prick your finger, <laughs> just this off. Maybe. In like four <laughs> weeks, we'll let you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who has four weeks to wait for that? Yeah. Right. And so we go to we find the rapid ones at Walmart, and we like do it, swab our gums, and everything comes. Everything comes back negative, but of course, we're reading the fine print, and it's like. Well, there are false negatives that can occur. Point zero. Yeah. No, like zero, like two percent or something like that. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which probably accounts for people who had a contact and then just has it hasn't shown up. Yeah, yet, they but... like put it in their ass instead of their mouth or something. I don't know. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, <laughs> the, the swab. swab. Oh, the swab. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ! I thought you were spreading a new HIV. <laughs> oh myth. my God! You guys... I only put it in my mouth. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Look who you're talking what? to here. <laughs> put a lot of stuff in my mouth and my ass. Yeah. I know the difference. And so we. <laughs> God, this may all need to get cut out. Oh, sorry. <laughs> but so we we get that, and I'm doing mm-hmm. research online. And I'm like reading medical articles. So what happens is what is actually what had actually happened is that the way that HIV testing is done at the blood bank specifically mm-hmm. is they do a broad spectrum virus test, and then if you test positive on there, then they do a very specific, specific. HIV test. Right. So basically, because oh, if you if you test positive on this broad spectrum test, they don't want to put your blood in there anyways, because it means you have some sort of viral thing going on. It could be the flu. It could be a cold. It could be anything. Yeah. But it's like, we don't want to put your blood in there because you're, you're sick with something. Or it could be an allergic reaction to something. And also a lot of pregnant women get those kinds of results back because apparently like uh, being pregnant 
r- produces some sort of immune reaction that can like cause that sort of yeah. result as well. So it's basically, yeah, like first test is like looking for a broad spectrum of antibodies that your mm-hmm. body's throwing off, which mm-hmm. could be an autoimmune thing. It could be, like you said, like any number of things. And that's a very like time effective and cost effective way to test for HIV. Mm-hmm. But then that's not a confirmation. So they do the um, urofluoridation test or whatever mm-hmm. to actually find the virus. Yeah, so and they're, they, not, they're not trying to find the virus, but whether your body's reacting to it. Exactly. Virus. So okay. what, that, virus, what yeah. that form said is that that first antibody test came back like positive. So they mm-hmm. went to look for HIV and did not find it. But the letter was worded so poorly <laughs> that any normal person might have like committed suicide or some <laughs> yeah. shit with a letter like that. And so we get back, like we just have to sweat it out over the weekend, just mm-hmm. constantly glued to our phones, reading everything we can about this. Uh, I get back, uh, get back like Monday, Tuesday, something like that. And I get a call from the blood bank, the, the, from the voicemail I left. Mm-hmm. And the lady's like, yeah, what were you calling about? I'm like, the fuck do you think I was calling about? <laughs> do you think I, like, I'm doing this to harass you? Like, I don't have anything better to do with my time? And she's like, no, I've got your results right here. You're fine. What, why, I mean, were you worried? And I'm like, let me read this letter to you, lady. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, read off what it was. And she's like, look, I'm really sorry. I'm not responsible for this literature at all. They gave you this number because this is just if you have any questions. They give you a different number if you have HIV, where they actually answer the fucking phone. <laughs> okay. And, you know, she, you know, is very apologetic, told me that she's had something similar happen to her. She works in, you know, actively works in healthcare and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I was just, I couldn't just stand there and just like, you know, unload at her because she's right that she's not responsible for that but mm-hmm. since then i've just like been pretty bitter against the blood bank over that. <laughs> I know. Really, it and- sucks because like i i go and donate every six weeks mm-hmm. and never had an issue like it's fine and like i really enjoy donating blood because it's it's like the easiest way to get back to the community and it makes you feel really good mm-hmm. and you get free swag which is awesome like i still i love all my blood bank swag yeah. <laughs> i have like a cup and everything but anyways a lot of beach gear yeah it's yeah, the only way i can get like refills a... from young people's blood now that we <laughs> crossed that patreon threshold uh. but yeah and so it really sucks because sam was like such a huge donor i mean you're like way past a gallon at that oh point. Yeah, yeah yeah past two gallons yeah. um and it it's just it really like burned my ass and i know federal <laughs> law like requires them to kick you from the the blood bank roll and mm-hmm. i can go and give blood again but i have to get this like confirmatory tests to like let me back in i've just been kind of pissed about it i'm mm-hmm. like i don't want to i need to be evaluated by you people i didn't do shit you yeah. know like yeah. it was just, and I, I, every time i go i'm like do you want to come with me like we could do it again because like i go every six weeks generally to donate and it's not a big deal for me but i know it's a bigger deal i yeah. i love that you finally told the story on the podcast sure mm-hmm. but i know the outrage addicted pearl clutching hyperbolists on the reddit are now just sam as aids oh yeah <laughs> yeah forever I, I can't wait <laughs> Boy. <laughs> yes. Anyway, continue. Like, uh, uh, what is it? Plague movies. And the man played on really good. I, I, w- w- when you were peeing, I was going to bring up uh, Angels in America. I don't think that really counts, yeah. but, but I think that's HBO's spiritual sequel to this. Yes. But it's, uh, it doesn't really have anything to do with containing a virus. It's just about people yelling on stage about, about it. Meryl Streep playing a, a male rabbi. That's it ha- really good. Yeah. It has more. <laughs> I to, love it. Angels in America is great. It has a lot more to do with like the social interaction with the AIDS. Death or Roy Cohn. Can't, can't yeah. get that. Beautiful. And one of the things that I love the most about, uh, and the band played on is watching the epidemiological response to the AIDS crisis and how that all worked. Um, but another movie that I actually we actually haven't seen, but I heard a lot about it. I actually have the book. I haven't read it yet, but it's called Blindness. It's based on a novel by Jose Saramago, and it's about um, a 
another kind of plague movie where people are being afflicted with an illness that causes them to just immediately go blind Mm -hmm. and like dealing with the society at that point. And I pulled a little bit of the trailer. It's got Julianne Moore, Mark Ruffalo, Danny Glover, and Gail Garcia Bernal. Over 90% of the population has been infected with an epidemic of blindness. The white sickness is highly contagious. There are no visible signs of trauma or symptoms. There is no cure. My fellow citizens, due to the gravity of the situation, our main obstacle is containment. May God help us all. I've never even heard of this. Yeah. I don't think it it's got It's not a Bird Box, people. I don't... Yeah, it did it's not, not a get plague a, movie. a big deal, but it was uh, pretty well received. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I kind of like to check it out. Uh, soon, and if mm-hmm. anyone's listening and has seen it or read the book, like please let us does know. Does lead me to believe? Uh, let's call this a medium take, mm-hmm. but for me, it's real hot. Uh, mm-hmm. The recent Planet of the Apes movies mm-hmm. are inadvertently plague movies, and you would have had to see the last one to dig mm-hmm. on that because the original films display human beings as uh, people who forgot how to talk and think cognitively, right? And the newer movies end up being weirdo prequels. That are not quite canon in the in the Heston verse, mm-hmm. but uh, again, that has two timelines. So who knows? Yeah, I have seen all the newer ones. Is it that? Uh, Think about what ape- happens to Woody Harrelson at the end. Um, oh yeah, yeah. And like, oh yeah, okay. So like, it, my memories are fresh now. Yeah, it's like it's there is a there is a sorry yes in the in the Planet of the Apes movies there's a bit of a plague happening mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, in this film too. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I want to move on to the the other ones that you have because this is the one I've seen too many times. Yeah, mm-hmm. so um, this kind of actually transitions us a little bit into what we were talking about earlier about zombies. Zombies. Zombie. These aren't zombies, Sarah. They run. Yeah, much um, more excited zombies. Yeah. Really. So what? So what would you say are the rules? It's for a zombie, zombie movie. Rule? You know what? Or for a zombie movie. Uh, I don't have rules like that, and I think there's. It's stupid that people argue about that because it's like talking about what is a superhero when you only have the Green Hornet. You got to wear a bandit mask <laughs> and in a fedora, or you're not a superhero. Like this is just what zombies became. They have to keep evolving. Who cares? Okay. Who gives a fuck if they run? Even though guess... the movie's pretty clear that like. This is a is it a man-made virus that that builds on rage so it's not a decomposition brain coming. It's, it's like not a, the same strain that affects Romero of rabies movies. Is yes. what I understand it to Right. Be. And I thought uh people like uh you know animal rights activists broke into a lab or something and is that how it got out? Mm-hmm. It's been a while. I don't remember. Like oh. the, I, I remember the opening I've the seen opening's this movie phenomenal. A lot of times it's just been a it's been a minute. Yeah, but we're talking about 28 days 28 later. 28 days later. The infected infected <laughs> Something in the blood. Again, because this, this, I haven't seen a lot of the Walking Dead show because I think mm-hmm. it's terrible. Uh, but I read a lot of the comic book, and uh, they kind of establish in the comic like this is a disease because mm-hmm. we all have it. Okay, right. yes. Yeah. So everyone that's is what I wanted to talk everyone about. Everyone has whatever this is, so it's so, not spreading. It's just about when you die. I am very scared of fast zombies. Ooh, okay. Terrifying. Um, Twenty days later is a very effective film for me because it, like, I thought about that imagery for a long time. I just love Left for Dead. And so I, if you tell me those aren't zombies, fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I definitely think that Twenty Days Later is actually better classified as a plague movie mm. because 
again, it comes from a virus. It is a, right. an offshoot of the rabies virus. It is because of these animal rights activists that are freeing this animal from uh, testing organization or whatever. But not and 20 weeks very, later, which we'll talk about in 30, 2010, because like yeah. at that point, the virus is already everywhere. Yeah. And I, I lo- that's one of my favorite sequels to a movie that shouldn't have had a good sequel. I think the difference is, is that if you d- have to die first, mm-hmm. it's a zombie movie. If you oh. are just bitten or if you are just mm. in 20 days later, just the come in contact with a that, fluid and you are affected immediately. Because that would seem Brendan to be Gleeson. the conceit of The Walking Dead and in, 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 in Romero versus that a zombie bite is deadly, mm-hmm. but it's not what gives you zombification. It's the it's Sorry, that's just the, the that's the Walking Dead comment establishment. Yeah, like a, a zombie's bite is lethal, uh-huh. but you already have whatever this is. It's going to turn right. into this thing. Yeah, that's why if somebody just mm. died of a stroke, right. they'd have to stab them in the brain. Yeah, if you, you die know. of fire ants, you're going to become a zombie. Okay, yeah. so <laughs> that's not a plague movie, though. Right. That's a but zombie movie. Th- I, I like, like your designation, though. That is, yeah. that is a good that's one. That's an awesome one. Because in 20 Days Later, I will never forget the scene <laughs> oh, with Brendan Gleeson where he's like, they're walking through like a farm or some sort of wooded area and a bird, I yes. think, who has like some blood or something. Uh, or something no, no. I, I, I thought there was like a dead person like oh, hanging yes. up in like a raptor of That's like some outdoor is. structure. I, don't know why I thought it was a bird. The drop yeah. of blood? It drops into Ugh. his eye. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. And that turns him. <laughs> I think I would rather be pissed on than have a drop of somebody's blood <laughs> fall into my eye. eye. Yeah. Yeah. I'd, rather, yeah. I'd rather you piss in my mouth. Uh, Six and one half, half a dozen in the other, if you ask me. But, um, but I think that's what makes the distinction there with uh, the the zombie versus plague movie, which is why I think World War Z, even though we call it a zombie movie, I think it is actually a plague movie. The opening, for sure. Because I remember very vividly the... Um, I think it was an Israeli soldier that Brad right. Pitt is with. She gets bitten on the arm, and she is able to be spared for at least a while. I don't mm-hmm. know if she ultimately succumbs to something else, but they cut her arm off. Right. So, like, if you're getting bitten, if you're getting bitten on some you body part, yeah. you might be getting bitten. <laughs> <laughs> you get bitten you get by bitten. a zombie. You might be a zombie. Yeah. <laughs> but I... um. In that movie, I think your protagonists are like the World Health Organization, and that's why it feels more like a plague movie. I think they even mm-hmm. used a World yeah. Health Organization sort of solution to yes. get rid of it. Yeah, the and whole opening is... is not about zombies at all. It's just yeah. about right. like how you contain a virus and how you evacuate. Yeah, what and that's you... why I really enjoyed World War Z, even though because I am such a scaredy cat about horror movies, and mm-hmm. especially zombie movies. Um, I really enjoyed that one because, again, it was like really exploring, even though it was very scary, it was also really exploring like how we are mobilizing against this. Mm. That's why I don't, I mean, I watched a lot of The Walking Dead and I've read a Mm. lot of the comics of them, of The Walking Dead, and, but I don't really connect to it as much like, it's not as enjoyable there is no government because it's after and it's about right. surviving an apocalypse. Yeah, and that, I just don't enjoy it To that end, you wouldn't consider uh, I Am Legend a plague movie. So, is it not a plague movie? What do it's you think? it's weird because the stupid turn, the awful Will Smith ending. I think the movie's really fun up until the end, and I, and I have read the mm-hmm. book, and I've I do love slash acknowledge the silliness of Omega Man, yeah, and same the here. Vincent Price version. Mm-hmm. And I'm a man, you're freaks. I have seen, I think, what is it, Last Man on Earth? What Last they call Man on that Earth. One? I've seen Vincent that Price. once, but I every so often go and watch Omega Man just for its campiness and its Chuck Heston. Yo, the is. humans inside locked up, you dig? Like, yeah. That's what a zombie sounds like. In the, yeah, in the, no, the, the zombies in um, Omega Man, I mean, they don't feel like zombies at all because they're... It's, just, they're, it's like black they collaborate and, and stuff, and they just... So they're yeah. sentient. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, oh, they, they are. They talk, talk mm-hmm. and they're like, "Yes, brother, we must rebel against the users of the wheel." And you know, it's just this. Okay, so wait, explain a little bit what this story is, though, in Omega Man it's, slash. Iron well, because Legend. I think that the, the reason why I don't consider them plague moves, except for maybe the Will Smith version, because mm-hmm. they suggest that like he gets like some alliance is going to occur between these people, or maybe that there's some kind of cure for these creatures who mm-hmm. have succumbed to whatever this virus mm-hmm. is. And they treat them the most as like uh, as, as zombies, whereas in I would say the Heston version and and the book, it's just vampires. Yeah, they, they're they basically follow, more like vampires. They, they only come out. The they only come vampires. out at night. They can't. You know, sunlight will kill them. It's the okay. same thing in mm-hmm. I Am Legend, but in Omega Man, we'll see. Like in I Am Legend, they're just like non communicative, like just almost like primates mm-hmm. and uh, Omega man. They sort of like collaborate, have like a home base. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're just like, this Which is more like the book. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And they're just uh, like almost committed to this like extreme anti-vaxxer sort of naturalist, you know, attitude mm-hmm. towards the world, like to reject all technology. But I mean, is vampirism not a plague? Maybe, uh, maybe, vampirism- maybe, but that's, but that's, that's why I love, that's why I love the book because the book it ends up like he, he's this he it's called the, it's the last man on earth he is the last man on earth and he's killing all these uh, vampires mm-hmm. uh, and then they finally like at that point to what end right and so in in, in the seventies movie they see like why are they after Neville all the time and yeah. then in the book it ends with like yo dude. You have been killing all of us in our sleep the entire time, and we've done nothing to you. <laughs> you are the last of your kind. We are of all future of everything. It's like, bullshit. Burn me at the stake. I am legend. And like, okay. that's the last line of the I am. I am the last one. I, right. I am legend. Whereas as he's being explained to this vampire, like we didn't ask to be this way, but the fact is we all are and you're not, and you think you're it's okay to murder all right. of us. Whereas an Omega Man, like they're like, you know, trading blows all the time. Yes. And it, they, don't, they don't really say why. They don't. And then like Chuck you know, Chuck Heston's like with a colored girl. because it's one of the first like yeah instances of that like like an interracial like I mean I think maybe it's just a kiss I can't remember if there's an actual sex scene I'm more agog by your you had to use the old old I was doing a Heston voice it was the 70s but yeah in the movie I think like he injects himself with an experimental vaccine right before his like helicopter pilot crashes or Mm -hmm. something like that Mm -hmm. and his blood ends up uh, being able to be synthesized as a cure for it and then he dies at the end, bleeding oh, into this fountain. In movie. the most like corny ass like Christ, Christ reference, his arms are out to the side. Well, and wait, his blood is being able to develop to be developed into a vaccine for whom? For oh. the surviving humans. So yeah. there are other people. Oh no, that, I mean in that story. To be clear, though, it's not just like a vaccine; it will reverse the virus because I think oh. they do that with like the young kid okay. in that okay. movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I forget because like there are four drastically different versions of the same story. Mm-hmm. Are there four? I only By Richard Matheson, including the book. Oh, including the book, yeah. Including yeah. the book. They're all fucking different. All different. <laughs> right. But yeah, and I Am Legend, they're just like the zombie vampire people. Are It's still the same thing. They are burned by sunlight. Can't come out mm-hmm. in the day. But in this, they're just like raging primates with super strength. And there's mm-hmm. that. it's the deleted scene that's really silly but technically a better movie of like him saving one of the vampires. And he's oh, like, I don't never he's saw like, that. You're welcome. The zombie's like, nah, oh, not. Oh, and nah. I am legend. Yeah. yeah, and then they. I heard about that. They, they get to a sanctuary, but I don't. Know, I mix them all up now. Well, mm. I've only seen I Am Legend, and I saw it in theaters. Mm. And um, I, I still like the movie. I don't think mm-hmm. it's a bad movie. Mm-hmm. I don't. It's, it's not a plague movie. It's unless you consider being a vampire a plague. Do you have to die in order to become one of those? Wait people, a second. Like a vampire. Then why do you consider 
Resident Evil counting for this at all. So <laughs> maybe the trailer will no, let you know. I don't like this movie. Deep underground. In a top secret research lab, security has been breached. A deadly virus capable of contaminating the entire world has been released. Oh my god. We have to get out of this building. What was that? It's the brakes! this trailer from 2002 right. it's from the original yeah i don't think yeah sounds like the beat to fire starter oh, right. or something <laughs> i think out of all the Bring movies the that we've talked about this is the probably probably the one yeah. where we did not have to play the trailer because i think most of our audience is familiar well knows the concept evil. of resident evil and it is probably, very much treated like a plague i and, think i'm the person at this table and probably the person listening who knows the least about mm-hmm. resident evil but i included it because it is technically about a virus that gets loose right yeah yeah. And I have seen parts of the movies. But that's Funnily what's enough, so difficult. while I was very sick. <laughs> Sam and I went on a vacation actually last year or two years two ago. Two years ago. And I got very sick uh, on the vacation. And we kind of did that thing where you just hang out in a hotel room mm. and watch whatever is on television. And so we had it on IFC and we watched uh, all of the Resident Evil movies. Did they actually all come on? I couldn't remember. I think a lot of them did. <laughs> okay. So and I-, I was like in and out of sleep yeah. basically so i'm a huge fan of this uh the resident evil franchise mm-hmm. and this is going to bother you chris i've uh i don't hate it no i've just i've probably played about half of the games mm-hmm. i think i played up to like five maybe uh but i've seen every one of uh excuse me every one of the movies yeah, very emotional yeah <laughs> <laughs> like it was almost like a michael Caine. They're, they're, <laughs> they're just they're just some of the worst movies i've ever they're seen. terrible but i mean and, i could not like watch the next one when i found out it came out on streaming i had to watch it so before sarah ever got sick i'd seen like every fucking one of these to my own shame mm-hmm. and they all get worse starting from the first one on and down they the really line. are with this piecemeal like we dress this character exactly like another character that counts as being accurate Dude, doesn't it it, it, it no. goes fucking way beyond like the games there's all this like crazy telekinesis shit happening gaining powers losing powers the it's, it's, that's the thing like the movie was just about her and that shit like just mm-hmm. call it something else or like yeah. even call it Resident Evil but that's fine but like it's also her husband is the worst director alive <laughs> and mm-hmm. I, I can't stand these movies Wait, but who is her husband? Uh, Paul W.S. Da- Anderson yeah, that's right mm-hmm. And, but, uh, I but couldn't remember if it was him or you. It's able. completely a plague movie. I've just lost track because of the movies and the ridiculous plot of the games. The Umbrella Corporation, yakety, 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 yak. Mm. Why is this virus out? Uh, do you treat it like a plague movie? Because you only see it from the eyes of this muscular Leonardo DiCaprio who shoots through things. Mm. And, <laughs> uh, but it, I, I suppose the movies have to count. Because they, I think so. They, they almost always deal with containment or. And so, what is the plague do to people like what is the illness do to people it depends on the strain of virus that's been generated by the company so this is a company that is solely devoted to making various strains of viruses that will supposed to be for like bioweapons basically um and like and it's like the simplest version of it that it seems to affect the most people is it just basically makes them zombies that do you know will bite you Mm -hmm. okay and then we'll spread that you know virus to you does it kill them first i don't think so but there's people that often seem like they're passed out and they seem dead and then they wake up as a zombie so there's people in the games who just like scream well in the fourth game spanish things at you and the thing pops out of their face once they're dead okay 
It's but, difficult to know. You know, mm-hmm. some of the because this is a video game and you need boss characters, some will make <laughs> you into giant ass super zombies that mm-hmm. can, you know, wield giant axes or all sorts of crazy shit like that. Mm-hmm. Whatever it takes to end every game with a rocket launcher. <laughs> right. <laughs> Which is what they always do. Except for maybe the seventh one. Yeah, I don't know. The the movies, I don't know where to quantify these because the, the first one should be a plague movie, but mm-hmm. then like I remember, why is this like half cube? It's like they're walking around <laughs> right. in an underground haunted house. Right. That's so, that's the feel that I was looking for with that movie. It reminds me of something and it's fucking cube. Yeah. Yeah. Because someone gets because, cubed. <laughs> well, I never saw cube, but is it delicious? Is it because it's like various scenarios? Because I remember in my fever dream of being mm-hmm. illness during mm-hmm. this like vacation, like them they're in one like environment and then they go to another environment sure. and, and they have to fight their way through all these different basically video game levels right and mm-hmm. so basically when in the first one when the um virus is uh you know when it the outbreak occurs the ai control computer detects it mm-hmm. and like locks down the facility so it's mm-hmm. constantly working against the human protagonists and you know that's what they're having to do is to get from section to section mm. while fighting this ai and, gotcha. and zombies. It's terrible. <laughs> but it's a, I'm sorry. It's a fun watch for me. I'll, I know it's a terrible movie. I don't give a shit about I'll that. I'll always have good memories of it because I love like that we saw it on vacation when I was like sick in bed and I would do that thing where I would like fall asleep and wake up to another scene. And so I think I saw all three movies just as one movie that I kept falling <laughs> right. asleep to basically. It, it, they just get worse with each one. And I think they made six or something like that. Yeah. Uh, I, can't I think I saw the fifth one in theaters and it's just like, this is the most expensive movie I've ever seen like the equivalent of a boom mic falling in the shot. We're like, this could have been CG'd out. That guy walked out the other side of the frame. Like, why? Like, shit like that. They're yeah. just, they're all terrible. Uh, yeah. But I don't know. I have some affection for the games. Yeah. You tell us what you think is better qualified. So the difference in a zombie movie and a play. Yeah, movie. let us know. I think this is like ripe for some really good I think good the, the, it's weird because the first Resident Evil, I think, is neither. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's neither a plague or a zombie movie. Mm. If for a lot of it. Just okay. That, just all the yeah. well, a great way that I feel like all of this connects uh, as like a, a Zen diagram is that the CDC <laughs> in 2011 put out a guide to zombie outbreaks, and I remember getting a lot of attention because it was like, why is the CDC doing this? This is so silly. It's an April Fool's or Day. Stupid. Or <laughs> oh my god, are zombies actually real? What is happening? Oh my god, do they need funding? What's happening? Yeah, and what actually was going on is that so a lot of the CDC. Often and and in general, I feel like the government has a hard time mobilizing people mm-hmm. in times of disaster or. It's emergency. the same reason McNulty strangled a hobo to get people sure. interested in an agency that that needed funding and couldn't get it without something extravagant I, and grandiose. Are you sure the what? hobo wasn't already dead? He was. Yeah, okay, but so he, still, he still put his, he still like set up okay, a serial but killer. You implied that he murdered somebody. I did not mean to disparage McNulty. Sam. <laughs> <laughs> that was not we my... take the wire very seriously, <laughs> yeah, and that's I right. don't appreciate. You are card carrying white people. <laughs> I, I had to be corrected on that. <laughs> oh, that hurts, but it's so real. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so the CDC put out these this kind of ad campaign that was like, "How do you survive a zombie outbreak?" Spoiler alert, it's the same way you survive a natural disaster or what would hopefully we won't have to experience, but some sort of epidemic of some sort. So wash my hands and uh, hoard canned goods? Sure, that's it. No, go ahead. (laughs) But no, yeah, I mean, it's it's actually true. Like the idea would be that you're going to be hunkered down in your house for a while, make sure you have plenty to eat. 
have all your medications ready, like make sure you have plenty of water, charge your electronics. I mean, one of the things that Sam and I did that I loved um, for our wedding is that we registered for disaster preparedness stuff because we already had all the fucking dishes and dish towels that we needed. And what but we needed were guns. <laughs> 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 Sorry, no guns for us, unfortunately. <laughs> but um, but we did like you know we we register for things like solar powered phone chargers and mm-hmm. you know candles that can burn for like a hundred hours and shit like that. And so the CDC kind of put together this ton, tongue in cheek mm-hmm. ad campaign almost in order to kind of get people in the mindset. And it got more traffic on the CDC than they ever got before. And I kind of love that they did it. That's I think McNulty it's genius. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's totally genius. The police department got all this funding for a serial killer that didn't exist. Because mm-hmm. yeah. that was more fun to but think about. On yeah. the CDC mm-hmm. note, mm-hmm. thankfully, zombieism isn't a real thing because the CDC cannot stand up to 50 years of zombie cinema. <laughs> it's <laughs> not going to stop anybody reacting like yeah. the way they would. To the movie Apocalypse. Sure. Mm. Absolutely. But, you know, at least stock your canned goods. I mean, sure. in Contagion, like, that was a big scene that we watched that I was like, oh, this feels real. Like, where, you know, they have this entire town quarantine and people are raiding grocery stores and right. basically and, ransacking them and, and fighting each other over MREs right. and things like that. And yeah, it's just, I, like, I don't, ha- I, I do not like anti-vaxxers and mm-hmm. please do not get your... uh do not get information you should get from the CDC from a YouTube channel because mm-hmm. uh, that's or <laughs> Jenny McCarthy or Jenny McCarthy or people like that. But it's also this thing I was watching about how much the twenty-four hour news cycle loves a disease outbreak, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. even when it is barely existent and it doesn't help. It doesn't get people to the right places. It doesn't get them preparing for things. But it's an invisible enemy that is like better to them than like nine eleven and a thousand traffic accidents. Right. They they love doing that to to the point where it's irresponsible and and maybe made people distrusting mm-hmm. of government vaccine information because of how often the news likes to go into that. Anytime there's a whiff of a new disease. Well, I I'm hoping though that these news articles that we're starting to see of old diseases popping up yeah. are starting to get people back California. on the vaccination yeah. train. <laughs> I mean, I just saw a news article that talked about there are probably a measles exposure that mm-hmm. happened at Chicago Hare Airport very recently mm-hmm. because someone was there yeah, who had measles. An incredibly easy thing to prevent, too. Yeah. I mean, I remember reading about this measles and mumps and like, you know, old-timey books that I read as a kid yeah, from like Velveteen Rabbit. The Velveteen shit. Rabbit. Yeah, <laughs> like this is not a thing we need to go through, you guys. We have bigger problems. Yes. I know. <laughs> Little Skylar should not have scarlet rubella. Yeah. yeah. It shouldn't have to happen. <laughs> yeah. And and it's very easy. It's just a shot. Just do it, get, you guys. Get more scared by plague movies. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's one of those things that Watch some of these contagion. It will. oldest like diseases are still technically around, like like the mm-hmm. plague. I mean, well, I guess that covers like a variety of like bacteria. Well, the bubonic plague. Yeah, bubonic plague is still like a thing. It is. Yeah, yeah. but I mean, it's very rare. But it's very rare, it's just... and it's easily curable. Thank God. Now. Yeah, it's, yeah. Like, it's like an Eric Roberts performance in a big movie. <laughs> right, he's never been gone. But if Christopher Nolan calls, like, yeah, I'll step up. Yeah, but it, it, it's just with these Show societal changes where we see stupid shit like measles and mumps coming back. Mm-hmm. That the bubonic plague is still fucking out there, mm-hmm. and it's like just one of those things that's easy to prevent by just I don't know. Don't leave your Garbage out on the street. Wash your hands and stuff like that. Don't eat mosquitoes. Wash your hands, people. Wash your hands. I never wash my hands. <laughs> yeah, I'm less worried about the bubonic plague. And like, also, you know, leprosy still exists. We call it Hansen's mm-hmm. disease now. Um, 
but it's like pretty easily treatable and curable at this point. The things that are more scary are the viral stuff. Yeah. So. Remember, we lived in a house with rats for a little while. I swear, <laughs> okay. I, I got, I got, I got more sick like every time. Yeah, like more sick than ever. I know, but it's just I like got, I, I was uh, what twenty one yeah. when we lived together. I got conjectivitis living in that house. Yeah, yeah like, but that's a, but like, which is pink eye. Yeah, yeah. Yes. but it's still like that's like it, like dormant diseases, like shit I never mm. got sick from before. Because I'm not usually, I don't usually get sick, but I got sick a ton in that house. Mm. Yeah, and, oh. yeah, mold spores, whatnot. Ugh. All I'm saying, you guys, is mm. take your vitamins and wash your hands. Yes, everything Hulk Hogan said. Don't touch your face. Except, except in the bedroom. Stop touching your face. And, <laughs> uh, but thank you very much for listening to Laser Time. I uh, hope we helped you avoid a plague. Tell us your favorite plague movie yes, at laserzenpodcast.com. I want to know more. This is my favorite z- sub-genre, and there's not a ton of them. Yeah, so. I have a feeling like the 70s and the 50s are probably a little more rife with them because certain diseases Perhaps, were a lot yeah. scarier. Mm-hmm. Uh, but no, I don't. I don't. I couldn't think of any off the top of my head mm-hmm. uh, that we missed. But I would love to hear what you guys have to say. I'm Absolutely. Sure. Um, and watch Contagion because I cannot say above all good things yeah. about that movie. Maybe, 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 maybe we can bring back a Monday night movie. Yeah. Um, soon as our YouTube problems lift and watch Contagion. Uh, I don't know. Stay tuned. Would you watch it again? I, I haven't seen it forever. I'll watch it again. Forever. I'll watch it tonight. Yeah. Um, so yes, uh, patreoncom time is how this show and many others are uh, supported. Helps people get paid, uh, gets our hosting equipment paid for. We're not very sponsor heavy. We do depend on listeners like you to support the show. And we appreciate that very much. Patreon.com slash laser time. We have uh, oftentimes more than one exclusive show a week that goes up for you guys. In addition to over 100 movie commentaries with more coming soon, hopefully. Uh, and some exclusive shows, which will hopefully shine light on my blood bank joke that went over very big with this crowd. Uh, <laughs> um, Yes, uh, and, and, and that, and uh, 302010, the, sh- the show that uh, Sarah and I co-host with Diana Goodman, which take you, takes you back 30, 20, uh, and 10 years ago, back to the past of movie, music, TV releases, I think 28 weeks later is coming up. Oh, which, good. Which, at the t- I, I, I was writing it down, like, is this a sequel that's better than the movie? And like, what era have we lived in where the sequel hasn't been better than the original movie? That hasn't <laughs> been the case for like 20 years. Like, Let's revisit it. I'd, it, I'd be interested The sequel's to know. always better. They don't have any setup, no slow origin story. They just they hit the ground running like a hang glider. It's super just, scary. Yeah, it's fucking awesome. It's fucking, but th- I thought that movie was awesome because it lost the original director. And it, and it got new stars and That's everything. That's right. We didn't say 28 Days Later is a Danny Boyle joint. It is a Danny Boyle joint. It, it, it looks like it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that and uh, Video Game Apocalypse, our weekly Friday video game show, hosted by uh, Mr. Diana Goodman, Michael Parez, and uh, Matt Allen, and myself, uh, talking about video games, I believe. Uh, but yeah, check that out. We, have a, we have, always have a new topic every week, talking about new releases, things we're playing, and I'm sure I'll have said something nice about Devil May Cry 5, because it's really uh, thank you guys so much for your support. Let's close out with some 28 Weeks Later soundtrack. I love right. that soundtrack. Uh, and tell us what we missed on lasertimepodcast.com and or the Lasertime Facebook community or Twitter. We might actually answer it. I doubt it, though. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Patreon.com slash lasertime. We're done. Bye.